Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the I See Them Every Time I Close My Eyes edition. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) That's only bad things. Only bad things. No one ever says that about good things, (laughs) except for (laughs) boobs. I don't know. That's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, Today's... No, not not so great. Damn it. So we're not (laughs) talking about boobs. Not talking about boobs. (laughs) Or butts? (laughs) Or butts today, no. Oh, man. (laughs) That being said, usually when we talk about butts, it's not a good thing at all. (laughs) That's also a terrible thing. Uh, Yeah, today, episode 052, I'm not sure God exists, but giant bird-eating centipedes do. No. Yes. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I... No, I thought I was like, I thought my dyslexia was like flipping on and switching the two, but it's the centipedes eating the birds, correct? Correct. I was hoping you'd say no. (laughs) Um, No. Yeah, uh, well, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the uh, already horrified Marissa Riley. So horrified. (laughs) And this is coming from a person who was okay with the human centipede, so. (laughs) So... Oh yeah, mm. this will. Uh, this is not that. Okay. Yeah. So. This actually sounds worse, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you can tell by Dr. Riley's voice, uh, she comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. That's so. right. I had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> um, I didn't even get a hint this time, so I really am so clueless right now yeah. and so genuinely stressed. Just like our listeners but i'm also genuinely excited i love a big bug Mm, especially one that i am not in the same room with um yeah when they cross that line though then we got a problem and i have to get out the windex big problem and the paper towels and all of the makeshifts makeshift like swatting materials Yeah. yeah You'll need uh, more than Windex with this fucker that we're going to talk about today. (laughs) I feel like I'll need a flamethrower for this thing. Uh, If this is your first time uh, listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Um, Today is actually a massive, massive day over here at WTI. It's a big day. I didn't know about this. Yeah, we're celebrating not one, but two milestones. My friends, when you add up all the in-betweenies and all the episodes... We made it. This is officially the 100th recording. 100, <laughs> y'all. 100 episodes about the weirdest shit that I can't stop thinking about. It has been so much fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, give it up for Jill. She writes, <laughs> she makes these scary ass natural things that are happening in the world so entertaining and so interesting to listen to my job is easy i just sit back and relax and drink some LaCroix. but (laughs) yeah and and, i mean you get traumatized that's that's right (laughs) i get traumatized uh on air but i am really and i enjoy your trauma that's basically (laughs) oh i'm so glad someone is uh No, but it is so much fun, and I, I hope the listeners are enjoying this as totally. much as we are. Uh, absolutely. Honestly, with the listeners all together, we made it here. Uh, together, we also made Well, That's Interesting, one of the top podcasts in the world. That's yeah. right. We're, yeah. in the, we're in the goddamn top 2.5% of podcasts. I know. Fuck! The pressure's on. The pressure <laughs> is on. Y'all are actually listening to us. <laughs> 
It's not like the early days when we were like, lol, lol. (laughs) But you're listening to us and that's so exciting. It's very exciting. This means wherever you are listening to this right now, there's a bunch of other members of the flock listening on the total opposite side of the fucking world. Y'all are coming by every week. You've rated, subscribed, told your friends uh, about the face parasites and the protruding rectums. All of the butt problems. So many butt problems. Countless butt problems. Um. Yeah. And uh, so congratulations to everyone because Mm. we're all weird and uh, we love all the sciencey shit. It's great. Yeah, we're all in this together and uh, we're all business geese that's right that's right we mean business we mean business (laughs) um yeah freaking exciting fucking exciting so massive thank you and group hug uh yeah let's keep going let's do it let's do do 100 more let's let's get up y'all i think we can do one percent I think so. Let's go up to 1%. That's right. Let's do it. 1%. One per- That's a weird thing to chant. Yeah, Never mind. Is. Okay. Yeah, Never mind. Uh, reeling it in. Let's talk about these centipedes. <laughs> uh, let's get back to the, the, hor- the horror. Uh, yes. Well, okay. Let's begin. So, well, I figure today's like a big day, so we should spotlight an equally large and memorable creature to ring in the event. Amazing. And to meet this juggernaut, well... We have to pack some bags and a shit ton of snacks because it lives on a picture-perfect island that is really in the middle of, in the fucking middle of nowhere. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. I got, I'm going to Trader Joe's. <laughs> I'm getting the, the Thai hummus, Thai spice peanuts. Sure. Whatever. With the purple carrots. <laughs> I'm getting all the weird snacks. Let's go. Where all are we right. going? Uh, now, remember in, in, uh, in between 041, we talked about a deep sea creature with eight mouths. And it lives, like, just off the shores of a painfully gorgeous nation called New Caledonia. Do you remember Oh! New Caledonia! That's right. I remember. So, now, I thought New Caledonia was remote, but the place we're going to talk about is even more difficult to reach. Everyone, please whip out a mental map of Australia. All right. Now, New Caledonia is about a thousand miles east of Australia. That's right. Just floating out there like a beautiful dot in the Pacific. Just fucking gorgeous. Now, this is our layover because we have another 580-ish miles to go. Chills, where are we going? <laughs> so, I feel like we're going to end up right back in New York soon. <laughs> just a little farther southeast into the vast Pacific until we hit a tiny, teeny, teeny island, blink and you miss it kind of place, a little place called Phillip Island. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was expecting like a really cool name, Mm. like a beautiful name, like New Caledonia sounds gorgeous. Sounds almost imaginary. And delicious. Uh, But then you said Philip and I was like. (laughs) Well, when I get into the details, you'll you'll see why it's called Philip. Okay. Believe it or not. Yeah. The old Phil. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Tell me about it. Now, Phillip Island isn't alone. It has a few island neighbors and together they're a gang called the New Folk Island group. So New Fork, I'm sorry, Norfolk Island, Norfolk Island group. It's like the easiest word I have to say today is Norfolk, Norfolk Island group. And they're all external territories of Australia. Okay. So there's a few of them. Uh, Like the largest is conveniently called Norfolk Island. Um, Easy. Yeah. But today we're focusing on the beauty and horror that resides on Philip. Okay. We're on Philip. Exactly. So a few details about this island. Well, she's a wee thing, just over a mile across from east to west and just short of two miles north to south. 
And here's a cute description as provided by the island's wiki page. And Dr. Marissa, would you be so kind as to read this little excerpt about this little island? I would love to. All right. Quote, it is roughly shaped like a hairdryer <laughs> with the nozzle pointing east. End quote. Well, that's so adorable and pure. <laughs> so charming. That's so charming. So charming. Yeah. This Gosh. All, I mean, it all sounds walkable and even manageable. But like all things Australian, it'll kill you dead if you don't know what you're doing. Oh, for sure. (laughs) This place is all fucking caps mountainous. Oh, shit. Yeah, she is all about being vertical, y'all. She's tall and flashy. And I need to show you a few pictures to help explain what I mean. I gotta see this this flashy Phillip Island. So now, Dr. Marissa, this is the first... Uh, Well, I'd like to show you a few photos. Okay. Uh, The first one here is to show you the absolute stunning color of the hills, the rocks, etc. And the other is just to show scale and elevation. But um, in the first photo, please tell me what you see. And all photos, as per usual, will be on our social media. So please come along and play along. But here is photo one. Okay, so this is an amazing photo. I love this photo. It's going to be, um, what's the word? Uh, my desktop background <laughs> right after this, as soon as I break up with the weird island that came with my computer. Any Mac users get the weird island that changes? Okay, anyways, let's get back to, to Phillip Island. Um, it's beautiful because I see mountains yeah. and I see trees. And what's interesting is between these mountains are these canyons and the canyons are this beautiful shade of like a rosy pink much like the kind of pink you would see in a rare steak so i look like (laughs) it looks like i'm just looking at these mountains that are also steaks and i'm not mad about it and then the tops of the mountains are purple yeah and just green all all gorgeous colors yeah there's i'm not mad about it some plant life it's just uh, in my notes i wrote this bitch is a thousand sunsets it's true (laughs) she she is a flexing she's flexing with these colors or as norfolkisland.com.au put it quote the island's rich reds and purples, subtle yellows and grays arch like rainbows through the contours of its imposing form. Oh, <laughs> through the contours of its imposing form. If that's not pornographic, I don't know what is. <laughs> that is. It's fucking porn. Uh, so imposing form. Let's talk about it. Let's talk topography. Dr. Marissa, I'd like to show you a photo of the same area, but this time with people in it. Okay. For scale. Okay. Okay, what do you see here? Oh my god. Oh, yeah. These people are very small. Yes. Um, <laughs> which means these mountains are very big. Uh, I'm looking at another uh staky canyon. Um <laughs> And yeah, and and this and, and this particular piece of land, I I see kind of these like grayish and bright green colorings that uh the caption spoke of and then these tiny people are just like Specs, yeah, and they're, they're um, fucking hiking for some reason. Why? <laughs> I, this is for pictures only. Yeah. Maybe they're the people taking the pictures, but then who's taking this picture? God damn it! <gasps> what? Okay. Anyways, but they're walking on a very <laughs> particularly bloody looking, yeah, shade of very of orange, red. very red. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so to put this island's elevation into perspective, its highest point, which happens to be adorably called Jackie Jackie, Aww. is 920 feet. 
Now, the Statue of Liberty, from floor to torch, is 305 feet. Yo, that's three Statues of Liberty. You got it. That's wild. That's wild. That's right. That girl is big. (laughs) She is. Now, in sum, Phillip Island is breathtaking in every sense of the word. Visually, it takes your breath away, and physically with the terrain and such. But it wasn't always this pleasant, quaint reserve that hardcore nature lovers swoon over today. Okay. In fact, those colors reveal a dark history. Oh my god, is it actual blood? (laughs) Put a pin in it. Okay. Ah. So, for you see, the remote-as-fuck location of the Norfolk Island group and the laborious mountains of Phillip Island, well, the British took one look at this place back in the day and said, you know what? This would make a great penal colony. Oh my god! Oh my God, no. Yeah, and thus, beginning in the late 1700s, prisoners, exiled souls, and honestly, whoever the fuck the Brits wanted to torture a little, were banished to these islands. Oh, no. And they didn't come alone. These humans brought some animal friends. Okay. And when I say friends, I mean creatures to eat and survive off of. Okay. (laughs) To avoid starvation, like one does. Uh, Farm animals like pigs, goats, and rabbits. Okay, that's fair. Okay? Okay. But, of course, if you find yourself a prisoner of the state, jailed in a correctional facility overseen by wardens or governors with absolute authority, that's a little stressful. I'm, I, I'm stressed yeah. and I'm so far away <laughs> as far as time and space goes. That's right. It's a stressful situation. Uh, and I could see making some mistakes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like not properly tending said pigs, goats, and rabbits. Yeah. Three species that, when released into the wild, reproduce fast as fuck, boy, and, <laughs> <laughs> and eat everything in the surrounding area even faster, boy. So. Oh, my God. No. That's right. We've talked about pigs. Yeah. Uh, the issue, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see it now. What a it's, nightmare. It's such a nightmare. Phillips Island's Phillip Island's ecosystem was so ravaged, the place looked like a reddish-brown husk from a distance. Now, oh my God. I know. Dr. Marissa, if you would please read from the article, you won't find penguins on Australia's other Phillip Island, as to how this island got its colors and how extensive the damage was. Holy shit. Okay. All right. Quote, Joel Christian, a senior national parks ranger who lives nearby on Norfolk Island, told abc.net.au, quote, Phillip Island's dazzling colors are evidence of extreme erosion caused by feral animals during the 18th and 19th centuries. Three meters or 10 feet of topsoil have been eroded during that time. He said, had it not been trampled by feral animals, Phillip Island's landscape would resemble the national park areas of Norfolk Island. Quote, there is uh, there, uh, it is deep forest with a canopy up to 60 feet tall. There is lots of topsoil and lots of mulch in the ground. It's completely opposite of what you see now, Mr. Christian said. End quote. So basically, they dug the shit out of that island. They forged the shit out of that island until it was red. There you go. That's exactly right. Phillip Island was stripped to its volcanic rock. Oh, my God. Revealing those colors. Oh, my God. Just for a few pigs and goats. And rabbits. And rabbits. Actually, you know what? To top this shit cake off with additional invasive species cherries, um, boats transporting prisoners or supplies... Also, you guessed it, 
accidentally brought stowaway cats and rats. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. So thanks to all of this, say goodbye to your native birds. Say goodbye to your plants, insects, and even your fucking topsoil. Jesus, not the topsoil. <laughs> That's right. Now, the penal colonies ended in 1855, but many, 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 many animals remained. Okay. My friends, the destruction went on for, well, let me put it this way. The last rabbit to be removed from the island was in 1988. So this spanned around 150 years. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to say that there's there's been no invasive species on it since 1988. So for about 30, it had about 33 years to recuperate. That's it so far. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. yeah, there's no human alive today that could confirm what this island looked like and was like in person without invasive species on it. So when nature started to heal and get back to her normal self, mm-hmm. um, scientists made some incredible and slightly disturbing discoveries. Yeah, they did. <laughs> so, this island, when it bounced back, it bounced back the way you'd expect an Australian island would. Shit got weird With and wonderful. Monsters. <laughs> right. Sorry. We're going to meet some interesting characters who are finally having their renaissance. Yes. That's Bugs. Right. That's right. So please stay tuned. We're getting to it. Please do. Everybody shush. William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at ConstantPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, 
Your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And we just discovered three new plants on Phillip Island. We so did. <laughs> so <laughs> us. Okay, not us, but very excited botanists. Uh, since the 1980s, when all of the pigs, goats, rabbits, cats, fucking all of those invasive species had been removed, three native plants began to recover. Holy shit, that's so fast. It's so fast. Their recovery was nothing short of fucking inspirational. Dr. Marissa, would you please tell the good folks out there how these plants fought tooth and nail to come back from the brink? Absolutely. All right. According to related Phillip Island wikis, quote, one plant was discovered there after the rabbits had gone. And the current small population of this species derived from the single original plant discovered. Another was rediscovered on Phillip Island when the rabbits had almost been eradicated. It had been believed extinct for more than 70 years. Mm. The third plant that grows only on this island is Hibiscus insularis. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just as shocked as everyone else. Or... (laughs) The Phillip Island hibiscus, much easier to read. In 1988, it occurred as two small patches with respective diameters of 10 and 50 meters. By 2001, a third patch had become established. This species is listed as critically endangered, holy shit, under Australian federal environment legislation, end quote. There you go. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, three patches, so it's taking a while, but it's getting there. It's happening. Also, I love, I'm a big fan of the hibiscus. Oh, yeah. Big so, fan. Dr. Marissa, would you like to see said hibiscus in Solaris? It's pretty damn fucking gorgeous. I'm would so you like excited. To see okay, yes. Here we go. Here's a photo. And of course, all of our photos will be on our social medias. Absolutely. You got to <laughs> see this too, you guys. This thing is amazing. Okay, so if you know what a hibiscus is, it's like the classic, what... Um, a flower you would imagine in Hawaii. Yeah. It's probably that go. flower. So this is like that flower, except the the sort of a pollen, thing, what are they called? The things with the pollen that come out of the middle of the flower. I think that's the stamen part. I okay. I, the stamen? The st- that, okay, we'll call it the things <laughs> in the flower that have the pollen. So those little stick things. It's huge. It's like its own bouquet of flowers. Yeah. It's like just this giant firework erupting from inside. It's a feisty flower. It's a feisty flower. <laughs> She's super alien. It's it's like an alien coming out of a vagina. That's what it looks like. It's so cool. I went there. And gorgeous. Not apologize. And she's gorgeous. Yeah. Just beautiful petals that peel back. They're white. Uh, the center is red. So there. it's just exactly what should belong on an island in the pacific basically absolutely i love your descriptions are always so (laughs) elegant and i'm like it was like a vagina with an alien (laughs) you know both work both are true (laughs) both are true listeners look at this photo We'll take a vote. We'll which, take a which vote. Which one do you think it is? Do you like Jill's description or do you like my alien description? I like yours. Thank you. So. 
Uh, thankfully, there are more than three types of plants on the island.、Uh, there's also about 80 other known species growing on it. Amazing. So pollinators have been settling in for the past few years. Excellent.、Uh, great news. This includes everything from insects to birds, and they bring their beautiful life cycles with them. Oh, I love a、yeah. beautiful life cycle. I know. Stop it. And altogether, it creates an ecosystem and a food chain. Magic, total magic. magic. And、um, it's at this point, my friends, we need to talk about dead babies. Finally,、so. finally, Jill, I was waiting. Yeah, I was waiting. It's time now. It's time、uh, at last. So, now an island with no large mammals or reptiles usually usually means birds are going to reign supreme and float to the top of said food chain.、Mm. Uh, New Zealand is probably the best example of this. Ah, okay, but. <laughs> Google it.、Um, but a recent discovery published in the journal The American Naturalist that it turned a few things on its head. Okay. Now, Dr. Marissa, with no context other than what you know from the title, and that we're on Phillip Island, what or who do you see in this photo? Okay. Okay. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh no. No, no. I, I know. Oh no. I know. I know. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Take so... your time. Take your time. Take your time. In the photo, it's nighttime. Yes,、um, it is. <laughs> there's a beautiful dove-looking bird just sitting on the ground. Yeah.、Um, and right next to it is a long centipede、mm-hmm. that looks like about twice the length of the bird. That's right. It, it, it almost yeah. yeah. It and it's brown. <laughs> <laughs> and it's slimy, and it's it, it's very shiny. Yes, it's very shiny. It almost looks like a snake. It looks like、yeah. a snake with legs, essentially, but it's not. It's worse.、Yeah. It's a centipede, and、yeah. uh, she big.、Um, mm-hmm. She big and brown. Yeah, and and it and it's creepy. I'm not gonna lie. It's something else.、It's, yeah, when you see an insect bigger than a bird, it's a.、Uh, it's, It's something else. It's something else.、Yeah. And also,、yeah. I'm really worried because I I did listen when you said the title, and <laughs> I think I know what's going to happen next. Yeah. So the bird is given the side eye, which is、yeah. really one of the best things about this photo.、So. Oh yeah, she really is.、Yeah. Um, this bird is aware of what that is,、yeah. and and it is not happy about it. It's no. It's like oh shit, not that. Thing. Yeah. So yeah, Phillip Island is a rare case where an insect has made its way, or nearly its way, to the top.、Um, this is aptly named the Phillip Island centipede. Cool.、Yeah. It needs a scarier name. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Like Morgador. <laughs> like I don't I know. know. We'll work on it. We'll work. We'll workshop better names.、Uh, yeah. Everybody, write in what, what you think what? this thing should be called. <laughs> yes. Please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a few things about them.、Uh, they were formally identified in 1984, and back then they weren't that large.、Um, for you see, they've also had time to recover and grow, with more numbers reaching adulthood. And these adults are about a foot long. No. Yeah, they're about 12 inches or 30, 30 and a half centimeters.、So. No. Yeah. No, they're not.、Um, <laughs> pass.、So. Um, how far away is this island? It's. Super not, far, right? Super far, not far enough. There, yeah.、Um, just, just being on the same planet as this thing is—it's like making me itch. It's hard. It's, I'm very uncomfortable. It's hard.、Uh, to hunt, it has two pincer-like appendages called forcipules. Great. 
uh, coming out of its face. Gross. <laughs> they inject a venom that immobilizes their prey. Of course. And uh, let's talk about that some more. What do you yes, think? Yes, <laughs> I guess so. Yes. Uh, they're strictly nocturnal, uh, which means they like long walks on the beach looking for food, uh, like tinier insects, uh, okay. fish dropped or regurgitated by seabirds, oh. or its favorite meal, sleeping seabird chicks. Oh, no! No, 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 no. Yeah. Not a sleeping seabird chick. Yeah. Stop it. My new favorite baby animal. <laughs> so, oh, no. Yeah, that bird you saw giving a centipede the side eye, well, that... That's the most abundant bird on the island and a very successful bird kicking ass and populating on many islands across the Pacific. That bird is the black-winged petrel. Okay. And if you're familiar with seagulls, they kind of look like that, but a little bit smaller, a little bit more streamlined. Uh, They look like the excellent divers they are. Amazing. More fit seagulls. So if you're from the States on either coast, you have a better idea of what what I'm talking about. Yes. Anyway, we all, we'll have photos. It's like a seagull, but better. Yes, exactly. Um, now, if you, like I said, if you're familiar with seagulls, they look like that. Um, now, they're not endangered by any means. For example, uh, one breeding site in New Zealand has about 3 million breeding pairs. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's quite a lot. On Phillip Island, even on this teeny island still recovering, there's about 19,000 pairs. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, just a side note, on average, each pair produces only one egg a season. So oh. one chick. Oh, they're only child. They're only child. Uh, speaking of which, would you like to see an awkward baby petrel? Uh, nothing would make me happier. Okay, so please tell us. Just give, give us some detail. What do you okay. see in this photo? Oh, it's so awkward. <laughs> oh, she's puppy. So it's. It's so cute. Imagine like <laughs> yes. a like a dust bunny you found under the bed. Yeah. Um, but it had a beak. It had a beak. It's, it's such just, a floof. It's just a floof. It's, it's just like a it's like a dirty cotton ball. It's like a gray, big gray cotton ball. Yep. Um, with a beak. It it's honestly it barely has a shape. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. It's an amorphous hairball. Um and it's just, it's adorable. I can't tell if it's having a good day or a bad day. It's, I, it's, I, it's, it's, I can't even see its eyes. It has no emotion. It's giving me an emotion, which is I love it. Yeah. Uh, and I identify with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Adorable. So where does baby hatch and grow? Well, like a lot of seabirds, black-winged petrels don't nest in trees. What? Yeah, Dr. Marissa, would you be so kind to tell us where... They call home. Of course, of course. All right. According to nzbirdsonline.org.nz, quote, black-winged petrels nest in burrows anywhere there is suitable soil, including under forest, shrubs, sedges, ferns, and grass. They can also nest on the surface under dense under dense cover of grass and sedges, and some birds nest in rock crevices, end quote. I feel like that almost rhymed. Um, but <laughs> sedges and crevice. <laughs> sedges and crevice. So it sounds like they're on the ground. They're totally on the fucking ground. They're on the ground. Yeah. They uh, sounds pretty easy to get to if you're an insect, uh, yep. especially if you're a foot long and have dozens of legs. I was going <laughs> to say, that's right where the centipedes are. Right there. Easy peasy. Ooh. 
Yeah, it's a little too easy. The Phillip Island centipede has definitely taken advantage of the huge number of nesting petrels and where they sometimes leave their unattended chicks. No, you can't leave that thing alone. That thing cannot no. do a single thing by itself. Absolutely not. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so nope. thanks to them being at ground level, nearly half 48% of the Phillip Island centipede diet is made of vertebrate animals. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. For perspective, my friends, if you Google, what do centipedes eat? Birds do not come up. Oh, my God. <laughs> the list is usually other insects. This is unheard of. This is like, okay, so remember, what were the bats eating? Oh, uh, the spiders were eating the bats. The spiders were eating the bats, but yeah. it was kind of a rare thing, right? It didn't happen that often. It was part of their diet. It, it was like they were able to catch it. It was like, oh, I have a bat now. And they were able to like tackle it and eat it. Yeah. But it wasn't like a that often thing. This yeah. sounds like a that often thing. It's half their meal. Oh, yeah. my it's God. Half of what, yeah. It's just like, yeah. That's a lot. Odds are they're going to eat a bird that day. That's yeah. a lot of baby floofs. <laughs> oh, my is. God. Yeah. Uh, so it's super unusual anywhere else in the world. But here on this island, these centipedes have made themselves an apex predator and honestly, we've got to say it, even though they're eating babies, it's necessary. I know. Yeah. They, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> they've been keeping the bird population in check. And if this story, this from, you know, from the beginning, if this story teaches us anything, keeping things in check is important, y'all. Yeah. So just how integral is the centipede petrel predator-prey relationship here? Well, we've got a few more numbers. Quote, centipede predation was the principal source of petrel nestling mortality. Oh, with, wow. Yeah, okay. With annual rates of predation varying between 11.1 and 19.6% of, of nestlings. Wow, okay. That's a lot. That means uh, 2,109 to 3,724 black-winged petrel nestlings may be predated by centipedes annually. Oh, my God. Yeah, to the, so between two and 4,000. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm going to ask next, right? Yeah, what's that? Are we going to see this happen? Oh, uh, okay. Put a pin in it. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> okay. <laughs> you sound excited. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm too excited. <laughs> I'm like nervous at how excited I am. So that quote was from the study published in the August issue of the American Naturalist. So like I said, it sounds like a lot of baby petrels, but again, there's about 19,000 breeding pairs on this tiny ass island that's only two miles across in one direction so so not a big deal well yeah or actually necessary deal yeah not, yeah exactly so unlikely hero slash thing of nightmares is the great philip island centipede and dr marissa we have one of two ways of ending this epic episode okay now i can show you a very dramatic photo of one of the researchers dramatically holding a baby petrel and for you to describe it to us, because it's a good time. Uh-huh. You know, especially the look in the man's eyes. Or we could see a video of a giant centipede uh, attacking a bird at night. Video! Video! <laughs> video! Video! Do you like how I made this decision long before I knew the question? <laughs> okay. So, let me pull that up for you. Okay, giant bird eating centipede. All right. So and this excited. is over at theconversation.com. And if you'd like to play along, just search theconversation.com and giant bird eating centipede. Yes. And it will come up. You can also find it on YouTube or you can just Google it. It'll come up. Do it. Um, Dr. Marissa. Now, this is going to be um, at night because okay. they're nocturnal. Okay. So 
it's red because of the uh, night vision. Night vision, exactly. So uh, yeah, that really adds to the horror. I am familiar. So, yes. Why don't you tell us what the opening shot is here? All right. So it looks like I'm looking into some sort of little burrow. Yeah. And like Jill said, it's night vision. So the only two colors I see are red for the highlights and black for uh, shadows. Yeah. So I'm looking at a red and black tiny cave. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I might have to point some things out because it's it's gonna get messy okay all right i'm so excited here we all go right. okay uh, oh my god oh my god okay 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 i'm sorry the, the only reaction if you watch this don't watch this at work it's not sexy you're just going to scream okay so in this tiny cave is a tiny fluffy bird uh that is a tiny puffball of you know bird and wrapped around it is uh centipede yeah brutally shoving its face, its legs into the bird. Both animals are shaking and struggling. It is a nightmare. Shh. Can we watch like two more seconds? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. All right, hold on. Ah, preparing myself. Here we go. Okay, all right, they've slowed down. You can see it's still breathing. See that? It's still breathing. So I'm guessing the venom is is trying to do its stuff yeah okay so they're like, they're like taking a break they're like yeah yeah ah! they're struggling again they're struggling okay okay taking a break mm. what a process total process wow wow is it eating it yet i, I it's hard to tell screaming more than you this time oh uh, yeah it's um it's yeah dying. you can really see its legs here it's like trying to wrap around it yeah and, like, really squeeze it and just uh and then i i can imagine once things have oh now it's moving Oof. okay i think it's dead and now the centipede is just kind of rolling it nope it's still alive um this is brutal yeah this yeah. is one of the most graphic things I've ever seen. And I've seen, like, every horror movie. This is scarier than the human centipede. Oh, by far, yeah. This is grosser than the human centipede. It's incredible. Yeah, you can hear all the other nature sounds. Beautiful nature sounds. So, that was incredible. <laughs> I... Woo. You were right. Every time I close my eyes from now on, I am going to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't unsee it. Yeah. Listeners, um, yeah. not for the faint of heart. No. Again, that's at theconversation.com. <laughs> giant, bird uh, yeah. eating, giant bird eating centipedes. Uh, if you need a palate cleanser, here's that photo I was telling you about with the man, the researcher, just looking like a researcher, just with this little bird on his chest this this is adorable this is a researcher kind of like sprawled out in like a silly sexy position on the trees and these beautiful (laughs) trees and then he's got one of these little fluffy birds just holding it on his shoulder you know it's really these birds really don't have much shape i really can't (laughs) tell where the head is they're so fun i I would love to like hold one in my hands yeah because you know you could probably, it's like a, a very fluffy cat, I can imagine. Yeah. Like, there's just not that much animal in there. <laughs> right. And I just want to, I don't know. Yeah. 
It's and, uh, and I also want to hold one to protect it from a goddamn centipede. That's Jesus. so scary. Yeah. So this, uh, <sighs> this sexy researcher will also be on our Instagram at Well That's Interesting Pod or Twitter uh, at WTI underscore pod. So Hell please yeah. swipe through and find this beautiful photo. Uh, yeah, that is the end of our 100th recording. Fuck yes, we Fuck did it! Right. That was a big, that was really loud. That's totally fine. I think our neighbors know that we're on episode 100. <laughs> they're like, they're doing that thing where they talk again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, and thanks to everyone. Let's do 100 more and beyond. Uh, and please, stay interesting. Please do.